You're listening to episode 56, brought to you by RxBar. For 25% off and free shipping, go to rxbar.com lovely, code lovely. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely, the podcast for real moms who are seeking Jesus, trying to live their roles well, and working to add a little bit more loveliness to their life, even in just the little moments. I'm your host, Mackenzie Monroe from BoldTurquoise.com and CultivatingTheLovely.com, and today I have back with me one of my lovely co-hosts, Leah Bowden, but along with her, we have a special guest, Andy Gould. Now, as you'll hear in the episode, I got to meet Andy actually before I really knew much about her online when I went to Wild and Free last fall in Nashville, and it was so fun to get to meet her in person and see kind of what her personality was like, and then get to invite her to come on the show and have her and Leah seriously school me on nature study. You guys are going to love this episode. They went so deep. I feel like we could have them on every month all year long talking about nature study because these ladies are the ones to go to with all the brilliant ideas for making it real and making it work with your families. So if you want to be encouraged, even if you're not a homeschool mom, to be thinking about how you can be incorporating nature study into your lifestyle, really, and your family culture, then please check out this episode with Leah and Andy and myself, and I hope you really enjoy it. Welcome, Leah and Andy. Hi. Hi. Hello. I'm so excited to have you both on the show. You, you guys all know Leah is now an old staple on the show. She's oh, yes. here all the time. But you guys <laughs> might not be familiar with Andy. I actually had the pleasure of meeting her in Nashville this past fall, which doesn't really happen as a first introduction very often. No. Like, I actually, when it's social media yeah. online... You don't yeah. meet in person the first time. Yeah. And sure. I had friends who knew of you. And I remember hearing them talk about your Instagram stuff and everything. But I, other than that, I was like, oh, I'm putting two and two together, that that's who you were. And so I was really excited to get to meet you, though, and really see your personality. Because I think if I had just seen your pretty pictures, I wouldn't have realized how fun you are. <laughs> just for She's the few so minutes fun. I had with you. She's so fun. Yeah. So I was so excited Aww. to have the two of you on the show talking about nature study Yay. today because yeah, I'll get to that in a minute. But <laughs> our favorite. Our favorite topic. <laughs> yes. I would love, Andy, for you to introduce yourself to my audience and where you are online and what you do and all that kind of thing. Yeah. I am Andy. I am a wife and homeschooling mom to my five children, ages five through 12. And I'm on Instagram at Apple Andy. And do you do, do you have another Instagram too? Um, so I'm a part of Nature Pal Exchange. Okay. And that's so what I So you can find of. us at Nature Pal Exchange on Instagram. You can find us there too. Yes. So this is, this is my backstory and knowing who you were. So I have these few friends locally who are literally, I always say, people have heard me say this on the podcast before, I am the spicy to their sweet. They are like, <laughs> yes, I've the, heard you say that. Yes, yeah. they are the homeschool moms and they have participated in Nature Pal Exchange where I couldn't get my act together for that. And when they talk about nature study, it's like, it's just so beautiful and calm and sweet. So not that you ladies aren't that, but you have big, fun personalities, and I feel like you make nature study accessible. And so that's why Good. I'm really excited to have the both of you on today to talk about it, because it doesn't have to be like this picturesque, perfect 
thing. Mm-mm-mm. No way. And no. I'm having no. you two on to school me on it because I'm <laughs> okay. not good at it. So I'm almost going to just kind of like hand the reins <laughs> over to the two of you to oh, talk about it. this today. I think many people have this massive ideal that yeah. is unrealistic for most people. Yeah. Right. I'm not sure that anyone meets the standards that most people's ideals. I don't think that anyone can live up to those ideals. Yeah. No, it's true. Well, what is and that? I, this... I don't know the name of it. Sorry to interrupt you, Leah. But there's a that's okay. a book that's by like this English lady, and it's her yeah, journal. It's from... late. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it, it... Yeah, yeah. But no, it's from like the 1800s. No, oh, she's talking I'm... about um... an Edwardian ladies. Yes. Something. Uh, yeah. Yes. We'll have Leah's it in the got show it right, right, right I've there. I've got it right by me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, it's on the table. I've used it. Because, Le- Leah, you took a picture this morning because it's did. March 1st. So you yes. saw that. Okay. So it's, yes. so it's called A Country Diary of an Edwardian Lady. That's what it is. Um, that particular diary was published from 1905. Mm-hmm. And it was written while she was, she was living in Warwickshire, which is... Um, I don't know, 20 minutes drive from where I live. Oh, so so all her, um, her whole diary, I, and she, the places she goes to and the, the, the woods that she will talk about, I've been to those places. I know where they are. So it's so cool. And, but we still love it as much as anybody else. We get it out. But then you um, have a really good like, excuse to be using that. <laughs> because well, if I use that, it's, it's like, oh, I can't attain to that. Yeah, well, it's, you a, don't, it's a local no, nature guide for you. Right. It is. And it's one of many, many, many resources. You don't have to use it. You can just yeah. throw that out. If you can't relate to something, then don't use it. We're very, I think Andy and I are both very much find your freedom in it. Find yeah. what you love, even if it's just getting local nature guides and, you know, figuring out what birds visit your yard, no matter how big or small it is. You know, if you've got room for a window box, you live in an apartment then grow something but I think you can uh we do overcomplicate it everyone does they it's kind of and it doesn't have to be that we have this huge world that we're living in and this incredible God's creation to appreciate um you know we all can see a sunrise we all can see the sunset um and I think just sometimes intentionally looking at it like saying hey let's watch this today can be part of your nature study and I think we can simplify it We really can. And that's a big thing I wanted to talk to you guys about today. I mean, I would love to have things for both the newbies in this episode plus the people who are more seasoned, but just how to simplify it to make it attainable. For those of us who are like, I can't do it because I'm not an Edwardian lady. How do you make (laughs) it? I'm not either. Yes. Yeah, and neither am I. So (laughs) I'm a little bit closer than you two, maybe. I'm not actually from this area, so I am still an import. Well, Andy, how did you get started? That Maybe that's a good question. Yeah. Um, you. When I was young, I um, spent some time outside. It wasn't super encouraged. Um, my brother and I played outside a lot, but my mom gardened. She had flower beds, and I um, probably... I remember I was probably around 14, 15 when I really started helping her do weeding and planting and moving things and watering. Um, so I've always had my hands in the dirt in the gardens. Um, and then as as I got older and had my own home, my own yard, I started doing that more and more. Um, but when I was, I think I was 10, maybe 10, um, we had robins nesting right outside of our window. 
Oh, and my that. mom had our old video camera set up and she would just record all day long of the mom coming back and forth and feeding the babies and sitting there all day. And um, so that was really my first experience of watching birds in nature. And Amazing. growing up, I didn't really know many birds. There's a few, you know, in Michigan, we knew robins and cardinals. Everybody knows those two. Yeah. Robins mean spring is here. Cardinals are, are there all the time. Um so when my children were, well, my, my oldest was probably seven, I think, six or seven, we yeah. started observing birds a little bit more, but it wasn't until we moved to Tennessee two, almost three years ago, that we really, really started our bird obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, I had already been involved in Nature Pal for a while, so we were collecting things and sending them to different friends around the country and learning more and more and it just starts with a little bit of knowledge and you just build on that. Yeah. I think one of the barriers for many people is the fact that we say nature study. So we think yeah. it's a, it has to be a study, um, yeah. which I think maybe we should use the, you know, we could start the uh, language around nature observation. And I mm-hmm. think if you start just by using that language, you know, language creates a culture. And if you're creating the culture in your home, it just starts by saying, let's look at something. You don't have to study it. You don't have to look it up in a book if you don't want. But if you've got a regular bird coming into your yard or a flower that comes up every spring, then take a photograph and find out what it is. Or you know, and I think it, we could. That's one thing for us of really simplifying it is that not seeing it just as part of a curriculum or something that Charlotte Mason homeschoolers do, yeah. but actually it's a it's a life skill. It's a mm. life habit. It's very life giving. It's a really beautiful thing to engage in. Um, my mother, I wasn't home educated. My mum is just this beautiful soul who always would point out things. She didn't always know the right names, but you know, we'd make up names, but she would always just naturally point out beautiful things along the way. So that's part of my, you know, that's kind of who I was. So as soon as you get kids, you point out everything, don't you? Yeah. Whether it's mm-hmm. you know, a yellow truck on the road or look that, that, you know, that truck's got horses in it. You sort of point things out. And if you apply that to your walks or just your yard or your garden, you start to, you, you just kind of create those habits where you just go and, hey, look, and now I mean, my eldest is 15, you know, she doesn't do a nature journal anymore. She doesn't yeah. kind of look up stuff, but she's the first one to point out the moon when it's just looking beautiful. She's the first one to point out a particular kind of light, you know, at a certain time of day, because she, that's all she's known, you know, yeah. is the kind of lang- language of our home. Yeah. You taught them but to be noticers. That's right. And yeah. the, the, you know, Charlotte Mason talks a lot about the, the habit of observation and attention. And I think mm-hmm. those two things really come into um, the way we apply ourselves, the way we, the way we see the world, the way we position ourselves in the world and all this beauty we've got around us. And, you know, whether you're living in the city or in the countryside or in between, I think there's always beauty to be seen. Always. Yeah. That's my view. <laughs> do you agree, girl? Do you agree? I, I do. do. <laughs> yes. Well, it's interesting because I went from living in the country last fall. Yeah. I mean, 12 did. acres to yeah. I now live in the heart of the city in a townhome. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Big difference. Yeah. We don't even have a so yard. Different. However, yep. the townhomes are right, like our our whole downtown circulates around the river. 
And so we are actually super close to the river and this it's called the Centennial Trail that goes across our state and over into Idaho. Okay. And so it's crazy. I've actually seen a ton of wildlife since I've lived yeah. here. There was like yeah, a coyote sure. running down the road and we had geese okay. in the front yard yesterday. And then there's a whole band of turkeys that we pass by all the time. And it's like, <laughs> I thought I wasn't going to see anything anymore. And now we just see stuff uh, all the time. I did find, you know, well, obviously there was a little bit of a deficiency. We pulled up to the house the other day and Ellie, my three-year-old's like, look at the ducks. Well, close geese. We're, we're yeah. in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Close enough. Close enough. Yeah. yeah. And and I think there's there's just as I mean we we live in the city, but I live on a park. So yeah. uh, my you know the view from my house, which often you'll see on Instagram, is very beautiful. And we've got river and trees, but actually to the left or to behind, there's a very busy road and loads and loads of homes, and you're right into the heart of of our city. Uh, and we've you know managed to find this little plot which feeds my soul every day. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but there are many birds and various things from, you know, in, in nature that, that are drawn to people. So they're yeah. drawn to city life. They're drawn to the towns. Um, and they're not just the rats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm in, I'm in just a suburban neighborhood that we have houses all around us and we bring nature into our yard. But even beyond that, we see, we've got these, um, few hawks that, I think yeah. they're nesting somewhere nearby. I'm not, I haven't located a nest, but they are here every day. We see a few of them. So I know they're nearby. And if you just start looking and watching, you will see um, more nature than you think is really out there. So I, mean, I don't know, people probably don't know this, but I've, I've stayed at Andy's house. So when I was in, so she lives in Nashville. Yes. When I came over to, when I met Mackenzie the same time I stayed yep. with Andy. Now she mm-hmm. is like, she's kind of, um, I'm trying to think of, she, she does, she's like this, she draws in the birds to her heart, to her yard <laughs> and all this, she's like Snow White, you know, the birds. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And I, I'd, I'd never seen a hummingbird before. <laughs> And really? one of her goals, yeah. So one of her goals was to make sure at least one visited the the yard before I, because they normally disappear by then, right, Andy? Yeah, they're usually starting to leave, and some of them had. But I had a talk with one of them and told her <laughs> you need to stay, because Leah is going to be here this week, and she actually stayed. We called, we named her Miss Sassy Pants because she stayed longer than she was supposed to. She was here. Um, well into October and they're not here that long so I actually put my feeders up this week in hopes that she's coming back soon Uh, Um, so so it's a little bit early to put them up in our area but I think Miss Sassy Pants might be back soon you might say hi from me so I I got to and the first morning so there's so many birds that we don't have so we don't have cardinals here and I they're so red and so incredible and I woke up my first morning in Nashville opened the curtains and I was like there's a cardinal and the kids were like yeah we see them all the time like gone you know boring like the English girl is pointing out the boring birds (laughs) and I'm like freaking out going grabbing my camera but yeah yes Andy's good at drawing in the birds definitely So you have your hummingbird feeders. What else do you do to bring nature into your yard? I also have a seed feeder that um, we use the songbird um, mix so that we get a lot of different birds that come into our yard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when we moved into this house, I was super excited because 
neighbors on both sides of us and one of the neighbors across the street, they all have hummingbird feeders. And I was so excited to see other neighbors drawing in the same birds. So that was really fun to see other neighbors. And then our one neighbor has four different types of seed feeders. So um, we get a lot of different birds that we're drawing into the two of us are drawing a lot of birds into our yard. So you're kind of helping each other gather those in. That's great. Um, And other than that, we're not doing anything intentionally right now um, to bring nature in other than we've got some gardens going and just learning our yard because we've been here less than a year. So we are still learning the plants that are coming up now that it's spring and what trees we have in our yard and um, where is the best places to plant different different flowers and different things yeah. like that. Yeah, and we're in the same boat. So Andy and I, we actually moved house at a similar yeah. time. Yes. Um, yeah. So we you are... you had I'm, Leah over while you were renovating or something crazy oh, yes. like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is... I had half of a kitchen when <laughs> yeah. she came. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. Like, if you follow her on Instagram, you will see she handles power tools like a trooper. I mean, she's incredible. That's awesome. And a little bit scary. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> she... Um, yeah, so we moved at a similar time and we've got all these things kind of growing at the moment. Obviously bulbs, but I'm not sure what they are. So it's quite there's this sense of uh, <laughs> yeah. what's gonna appear in the garden. Yeah. yeah. Hey ladies, we're going to take a quick minute to hear from this week's sponsor, which is RX Bar Kids. Now, I've talked about them before, but if you aren't familiar, they are a clean label snack bar made with high quality real ingredients designed specifically for kids. With egg whites, fruits, and nuts as the base, RX Bar Kids contain 7 grams of protein and have absolutely zero added sugar, no gluten, soy, dairy, or bad stuff. They're delicious, clean, and convenient snacks that kids love. They come in three different flavors, chocolate chip, apple cinnamon raisin, and Berry Blast. We personally love the chocolate chip the best, and they are the perfect thing to throw in my purse so that we have them when we're on the go for a quick breakfast. They go in my kids' lunch boxes. I love to have them if I'm running around to different errands and they just need a good snack that's going to be filling and stick with them. Personally, since they sent me my first box, we have gone back to Costco time and time again and gotten more RX bars because not only do my kids love them, I really love them. I love knowing that I can eat something clean that is on the go and I don't have to worry about what's in it. Plus, it's just really nutritious and I feel full for a really long time and so do my kids. I think you're going to really like them too. And so RX Bar has given us the chance to get 25% off and free shipping. All you have to do is go to rxbar.com forward slash lovely and use the code lovely and you'll be able to get in your order super quick and they will deliver it right to your door and I think you're going to love them. So go give them a try. Let me know what you think and you'll probably be seeing me on Instagram stories when I go back and I'm getting another box all the time. I think that's even a good place to start, though. Even if you've lived in a place forever, there could be things popping up that you haven't taken the time to to identify. I mean, I know that we always think, oh, it has to. We have to go somewhere. We have to go on a hike or go to a park. Uh, But there is so much, even just in your own backyard, that you can really look into. A really great thing you can do, which I tend to do as well, is to get your children. If you want to, if you want to be more intentional about something, get them to do a map of your yard or a map of your garden. And then they can start to fill in when the trees and the plant, the bushes start to cut and the shrubs start to flower or if they start to see, you know, when they 
when they've identified a particular tree or plant, they can write it on their map. And this Mm -hmm. is something that you can kind of develop over the seasons. And that's a really simple tool of just kind Mm -hmm. of get helping them getting to know their yard and um yeah and they get to remember so it'll come up again in the spring and they go and they know the name of it which is so cool but we're starting from scratch here and i guess sandy is too yeah Yeah. well we do um, a garden walk just about every morning that we take about five minutes to walk around our yard and see what's new or see oh, what's wow. a little bit different or yeah, um, see what's the same. And and yeah. it's interesting to see what my children notice and what they bring to share with the, the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we walk around the yard for just a few minutes and then we come back together and talk about what we found. Oh, that's that's a, great. That's a great, another just, you guys, I knew you'd be just having all <laughs> these treasures that you'd bring. Uh, that's a great idea. It is. It's amazing because all my children will spot different things. And I've got some uh-huh. that are more observant than others. So I've got some that will spot the tiniest spider or the mm-hmm. tiniest insect and others that, sit, that will notice the sky and the clouds. And yeah. it's just so cool giving them all space and a voice to feedback okay what did you see what did you feel how did that you know and uh, you know and and some of them as they're getting older they um they don't linger as long and it's just it's kind of but I know I know that the seeds you sow in them as as young children if you can Mm -hmm. get in there as early as possible helping them to learn that skill of observation it will stay with them for life because it has for me um and I really believe that if we can just have those conversations it doesn't have to be intense study but uh, it can be if you want to if, if you're raising botanists and uh, yeah. you know go but um it can just begin with conversation and observation uh, and i think if there are people listening saying i just don't know where to start yeah i would definitely say just begin to point out things you see yeah um and just start those conversations because i think a lot of mothers feel like they don't know enough themselves they feel yeah. insecure yeah. with their knowledge but you just learn with your children I've learned with them I, I've mm-hmm. learned that the you know how to observe a particular bird or listen to one and, and start to learn what who it is um but that's it's taken years I mean yeah. Ten, oh yeah you know 10 years we've been doing this so uh, I had a naturalist tell me I was taking a class about animal tracking and because we're out in nature and she is a wealth of knowledge. She got sidetracked. We all got sidetracked on mushrooms. And she said, if you want to learn mushrooms, pick three and, and just really learn those three. And she gave us a couple to start with. Um, and she said, then you can start adding on. And I thought that is a great mentality to have about anything in nature. If you're wanting to learn about birds, if you're wanting to learn about trees, about animals, anything, pick three things that you see frequently identify them and really get to know them and then you can start moving on from there and you'll start to build your knowledge base yeah after you master three things that's really good i mean i think that can be applicable to almost anything that we're teaching our kids i mean i mean especially as far as like history or the sciences or anything like that goes i mean i know for us my kids love hamilton just okay i'm gonna put this out there we, I don't, they don't listen to every song and there are certain words that we have substituted our own words for. And my oldest son and I sing them very loudly over the wrong words. So see, I don't know Hamilton. So this yeah. is all education. Okay. Well, there are some things in Hamilton. So I have to put that out there. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but, but my kids 
know about the Founding Fathers, thanks to Hamilton. And it was Uh, just by listening to Hamilton, and they thought all, like, when we first started listening to it, it was like, who's your favorite character? Everybody, Hamilton! It was like, as we kept listening to it, well, really? Are you sure he's your favorite character? Because he did some really not great things. So, I mean, he did some good stuff, but some really not good stuff. So who else in the show did some really great stuff? And then my oldest started to realize, like, oh, Washington was pretty awesome. Like, he was an all-around really good guy. Yeah. So then he wanted to learn more about Washington. You know, so it's like if you have that one thing that's your focus, then you see the things in the periphery, and that helps you to find what you're maybe drawn even more to. And I think that's helpful for figuring out what our kids are even interested in to help yeah. them pursue those things. Yeah, and you just sow the seeds. You know, we, you know. sometimes you sow wild wildflower seeds, you don't know what's in the packet, and yeah. you yeah. water them, and you see what comes up. And I think sometimes it's like that with our children. We, we you know, we kind of scatter these observations and these conversations and maybe read some beautiful stories, and what comes out of them is different with every child. And yeah. um, it's amazing, really. We've just this sept- uh, last September, I started a nature group that runs from my house. So we walk for an hour in the park and then we come back here and we use Lynn Seddon's Exploring Nature with Children Mm -hmm. as a group. And so we have a big group. So five families, each family has got three or four children. So many voices, and some of them are as young as three or four. And then we've got like 13, 14 year olds in there. And I get them all to get around the table and say, okay, what have you seen in nature this week? Everyone can say one thing. And it's amazing because they get excited about what they've observed and they can yeah. they get to tell somebody else. And we all live in different parts of the city. Um and we're still seeing different things. We're in the same city, but just one is in the south, one's in the north. But all the children are seeing different things. And they, they're starting to, you know, slowly become enthusiastic about that. And actually, they're ready to share. And it's so cool seeing that, not just in my family, but starting to see that in other children around us, that you can share yeah. that as a community as well. It's really good. Yeah. Okay. Now I have a question. I actually had this written on my notes. So for those kinds of things, (laughs) I've done nature study groups in the past and we had marginal success. Again, there were like those, those sweet moms. So I think they helped that happen. But how do you rein the kids in from not like, we're at the park, let's just go play. Like, how do you help them to be like, oh, this is interesting enough to us that we really want to invest some time into it? Yeah, I mean, we've, Andy can say as well, because she's been, she, I think she has been running hers longer than I have. And we've, I, I've, and it is, it can be like that. It can be like one of those rogue homeschool trips where it, feel, it, it feels more like a social event than, you know, visiting a, a yeah. library. But I think we've all, um, I've got a Facebook group with the five families on and I've shared my expectations on there. Um, you know, this is what it's about. And, he, and my expectation is that each mother has talked with their children. And, and we all, we're friends. Yeah. And we, I guess we have similar parenting, similar parenting techniques. So, Actually, amazingly, we haven't had that problem. Um, They know we're walking and and I'll often gather them at the beginning and say, this is what we're looking for today. Obviously, look for anything, but because we're following a guide of some kind. um, Yeah, and we've had great success, but I think there's, you know, I always say there's no expectation without communication. So I I think if, if I'm constant, as the group leader, I keep communicating as mothers, we keep communicating and the kids get it eventually. And and when they get back here, we to our house, we they have a snack and a drink and a little bit of downtime before we start 
talking about stuff so they get that a yeah. little bit of that social aspect as well I mean how about you Andy because you've been running yours for a while right yeah, we yeah we have we've um we also follow uh Lynn's what is it exploring curriculum na- yeah yeah yes <laughs> curriculum is <laughs> the word, word I was looking for exploring <laughs> nature with children the book. um Lynn has written a beautiful study it's a year-round study that you can uh, you can do every week, you can do some weeks, you can expand on a week and carry it out for several weeks if that's where your group is at or where your family is at because it can be done with groups, it can be done yeah, with yeah. just a family. And so we decide before we go, this is our topic for the week. And I expect the same thing. I assume that the moms have spoken with their children about what yeah. we're learning about today. Mm-hmm. And so we will usually say, um, try, try to at least at some point, 10, maybe 15 minutes, really focus on whatever that is, you know, hey, uh, what evergreens do you see around here? We went on a worm hunt a few weeks ago, and they found a lot of worms. And um, we found a huge puddle, and there was just a massive amount of worms. And it was amazing. So, um, you know, if you've got something to focus on, uh, I try to have my children sit down and journal a little bit of something for just a few minutes while we're there. It doesn't always happen, but just having some type of rhythm and yeah. expectation, mm-hmm. yep. it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't no. have to be the whole hour walk has to be learning about nature. No way. Um, no, yeah. And I'm amazed how many times the children will stop and they will, a few weeks ago, we saw a, a downy woodpecker who was oh, trying to crack open this little nut and he was on the ground which I don't see them on the ground that often so that in itself was unique for me um and he was just going to town on this little nut trying and all of the children stopped I mean there's boys girls they're all 12 and under they were loud and then one of them spotted it and started hushing everybody else and they all just stood there watching that's so cool Um, yeah and yeah and so you start to develop the, this sense of observation, like you were talking about, Leah, that you're just helping your children to observe what's going on around them. Yeah. And it it spreads. They yeah. start doing it, and then their friends start spread. doing it, or siblings, yeah. and yeah. pretty soon, you're all watching this woodpecker attack a nut. That's awesome. It's, and I love that. I think, and being around Andy's children last year, I re- I mean, it was just like being at home. They were quite happily pointing things out to me, describing what things were. I was like, yes, this is great. And this is the fruit of Andy's hard work of just, well, and and also the rhythm of their life is just look out the window. What do you see? You know, and I think that's, um, I think when you start to hear it in children, especially when they're quite young, it's really beautiful. It's a really amazing, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a a great thing to be around. Definitely. (laughs) And I think that's also important to notice that it's not just for homeschoolers. Like no, everything that you're all. talking about no. here is just for anyone. I mean, Absolutely. you could do yeah. that pointing stuff out on when you're driving to school in the morning. It's, yeah. yes. Anybody yeah. can be fostering that appreciation for nature and love of nature, no matter kind of what the lifestyle is that they have. Well, I think we have a benefit because we're, we're our home educating our children that we have um, that time that we can focus on it, but yeah. it can be done with anyone in any situation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, th- and also, uh, I guess our hope is that this would be a habit and a rhythm that would stick with them for life. And, um, you know, what kind of uh, jobs they'll go into and what their lives will look like. Um, But we're not doing it just because we're homeschooling. uh, My hope is that this is going to be part of my children's character, um, that they would appreciate 
God's creation. And yeah. it's one way of doing that. So yeah, it's a, it's a, a lifelong habit, really. So how yeah. have you guys, I mean, I know you've done a lot and you guys show on Instagram and everything, but how do you take it to the next level, like documenting things and looking yeah. things up? Like, how do you have that natural progression what would you suggest to people? Go, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the <laughs> you first. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things that's beneficial is to get local field guides that are yes. specific for your area, mm-hmm. um, because that's going to have the information that you are going to be seeing around you. If you can, um, if you are fortunate enough to have a nature center or some type of association that has some type of a club that meets um, surrounding nature in some way, whether it's um, a bird group or, I don't know, a flower a flower club even, mm-hmm. just something that you can start to find other people who are interested in something similar to you. And you can start to build your community around you. Of mm-hmm. When I don't know what a bird is or I don't know what flower I'm seeing, I have several people that I can call. Yes. I can send a message <laughs> yeah. to and say, yeah. Hey, I don't, I don't know what this is. Can you guys yeah. help me out here? Yeah. Um, so building your personal library of books that are going to be beneficial guides and then building a community around you of people who, even if you have more knowledge than them in some things, but they have more knowledge in, than you in other things and you guys mm-hmm. can complement each other. Yeah. Yeah. They don't all have to be experts though. No. And I think one of the things, obviously one of the downsides of social media is that we see these beautiful journals yeah. and these incredible watercolors and you think that's what it has to look like. And I, I think recording what you see is the next level. Um, yeah. Whether that is just, I mean, I have a journal where I will just I will just jot down what I see. There are no pictures in there. It literally is the, the you know, whatever month we're in and I'll just jot down daily what kind of birds we've seen, what the weather's like that. And then when we come to journaling, when we come to doing a little bit of sketching and none of us are great, we're just learning all the time and we, you know, we definitely do it our own way. Um, <laughs> then I've got this record of things we've seen over the month. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're wanting to take it to the next level, definitely get some field guides definitely start to identify stuff but I would say start writing it down just Mm -hmm. even if it's a scrap of paper you write March on it or April or whatever month it is and you just daily write down all the family can say right if you see something write it down here and I think that that will take it from being in your head just being a conversation to to recording something Um, and then it starts to become a little more scientific then because you're Mm -hmm. teaching your children how to make a record of something they've seen and then you can start to look at how does this you know so that the kind of the journaling is a form of narration really you know they've seen a robin and they've seen the colors you know can we draw that can we find that paint color can we do that and it doesn't have to be perfect I mean goodness you should see some of my journals (laughs) but I'm (laughs) and I'm really okay with that anyone who knows me I'm like I don't I don't need it to be perfect I just need to do it I need to practice this and make sure that my kids are not perfectionist and screwing up their journals and their paper because <laughs> yeah. that has happened and I think yeah the, the other thing that I think is great is there are many many living books so beautiful books that tell a story using nature 
Um, so storybooks, I mean, even just Beatrix Potter, good old Beatrix, Mm -hmm. you know, Peter Rabbit, and you've got, um, all this kind of imagery of gardens and, and the, the Lake District and the, the kind of imagery of that. But I, you know, we, I started to collect books and I, you know, I buy them secondhand. I find them on Amazon cheap or in, in charity shops, in thrift stores. And having a library of books that children can just draw from and learn from as well is, is excellent. And I, I always say to people who, you know, I'll get messages sometimes saying, I live in, oh gosh, places in Canada or Antarctica or something, you know, <laughs> months and months of the year, we actually can't go outside for long periods. It's dangerous. Yeah. Um, you know, how are we supposed to do this? Um, and I think some of that is is really going back to your recordings, going back to your books and um you know looking out the window there is and that's where a nature collection comes into hand in in handy because if you've collected things and you've dried them and preserved them you can pull those out and you can go outside in the middle of winter and break a branch off of a tree to study it and bring it back in yeah um there's really no reason that you can't continue nature study you can look out the window and observe from the warmth of your home and the safety of having a warm temperature inside and continue because I lived in Michigan. I, I know it's yeah. not always yeah. weather that you can be outside for long periods of time. There were days that we could be outside for five minutes and that was it. So there are still ways to do nature study though. Yeah. I think that's that's a really um, probably a helpful thing to I, I guess when my mum often talks about so my mum's 70 so she will talk about memories of having a nature table at school mm-hmm. so when she in the classroom and um, I think that Andy mentioned then about bringing you know having a nature collection and I guess the nature pal exchange which you both referred to mm-hmm. is this idea of being able to collect things keep them in your home that your children you know it's it's accessible so you've got shell i mean i'm looking now like you know next to me i've got shells <laughs> and rocks i've got beautiful little bits and pieces that i found in the states and i've been there i've got um feathers hush hush you're not supposed to say too much for <laughs> not non-migratory ones um <laughs> um and you yeah i mean andy can talk more into that really because she's got an incredible collection and a very organized one mackenzie you should uh, see oh, her her collection yeah. i is it's, so envious of how organized well, it here's was here's the thing though mason jars are amazing for lots of things especially nature because it keeps all the dust off and it keeps yeah. everything intact and little hands can still observe without breaking so yeah. mason jars are the way to go let me tell you you are so wise because yeah it's different than even having them in like a sectioned off box or something because they can still get a hold of it sort of you know and be able to get up close and personal with it I like that idea that's really good and I have drawers of things that my kids or their friends know they can pull out and handle you know rocks shell hardy shells that are thick that yeah. I know they're not going to break they know they're safe and, and there are things that are hidden away and kept you know higher up or in a mason mm-hmm. jar yeah. um, mm-hmm. but I saw we don't have uh, I'm going to say it wrong Andy what's the creature that kind of comes out of the oh goodness I said begins with C Cicadas. Cicadas. Cicada. Oh. You said it right. Yeah. We don't have cicadas. And um, <laughs> I'd, been, I'd seen these pictures on Instagram. So I was like scouring her shelves, like, show me something. And you had a whole, a like, whole a jar. Life, like a because, life cycle. <laughs> yes. We have the, the full adult. We've got the shells, the exoskeleton. Edible. Yeah. It's all there. So, because we have those. And, and they're fun to collect and 
they're fun to creep people out if they don't <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Whereas I <laughs> would, would like, be, that would be me. <laughs> I'll joke, go ahead and be the one here. <laughs> Good for you. But I was that was fascinating. But yeah, there are people who just don't like that. Actually, I had somebody message me recently who who knows me and said. I, I just have to say, it creeps me out. Your nature collection creeps me out. I was like, okay, don't come over then because it's, it's there. It's just the bugs. It's just the bug part the bugs. for me. Okay. Yeah, I remember. I have distinct memories of my brother being in the fourth grade and having to have like an insect collection. And he oh, found yeah. this big old nasty beetle. And my mom tried everything to kill that thing while keeping it intact. <laughs> and I mean, putting it in the freezer, putting it in a jar with alcohol, like, I mean, all this stuff. And still when she finally pinned it to the board its legs were still moving like so much afterward yeah. and i just remember being horrified so Sounds like a cockroach yeah <laughs> yeah i was scarred yeah. i think it was like a june beetle or like something okay. huh? yeah, yeah. horrendous yeah so well we need to help you get over that really oh. <laughs> I mean, I you got to start looking at things like butterflies and dragonflies yes. that are a little yes. more pretty yes. before yes. you get into the cicadas. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or I make get them in there gently. I had but a- I think going yeah. going back to um, how do you take it to the next level, I think for, for people who feel confident in the nature knowledge that they have, Leah, when you were talking about creating a list, when you start getting more specific, um, my children and I this year have started making a bird list, and we're just keeping track of all the birds that we see, and we're just keeping track of the first day we see them in the month. And oh. so... We've now entered March. We're now on the third month of keeping track of what birds we're seeing on a regular basis. Um, And we're going to start seeing birds leaving because they're starting to migrate. So next month, there's going to be some birds that are not on our list. There may even be birds on our list this month that we don't see anymore. So getting a little bit more detailed into some some areas or learning a new study, a new... um, item in nature you know if if you feel like you know everything there is to know about birds then move on to wildflowers or move on to mammals or insects and taking classes if you can as an adult away from your children if you have the opportunity to take a nature class it is amazing Mm. to learn with other adults to learn on your own Mm -hmm. and then you can take that knowledge back to your children and carry it with yourself so that's a really great thing if you can do that that's great yeah. yeah, that's a really good, really good tip. I think that's a really good one to to wrap things up on. I think you ladies, we could do like a whole series, and you could, mm-hmm. keep, it could. still keep yep. talking because you oh, got yes. so much goodness. I feel like we just skimmed the surface. The surface we have. Yeah. yeah, it gave people some some good ideas to either start out and make things simpler and not feel overwhelmed by it, or to help take it to the next level with still very practical ideas. I just I love yeah. what you guys had to offer so now how are you currently (laughs) cultivating loveliness in your lives all right andy okay so you around here you get i'm new so (laughs) i'm gonna let you guys know um there's two things that come to mind that i'm doing for myself right now um i am a part of a book club with some friends and we read four books a year and we're doing classic literature. So um, I actually finished early. Uh, We're reading Anna Karenina by Tolstoy, which was amazing. I loved it. It's been on my list for years and I was so excited to finally read it and read it with friends. That's super fun. 
And so reading these classic literature, it's it's just so pleasant. And the other thing, um, I am I, I think I've turned into a plant lady. I have yes. a lot of house plants Me and they too. just keep multiplying. <laughs> um, and I'm learning more and more, you know, what room they need to be in. Yeah. Oh, this one's getting too much water. This one's got something going on and I figure out what it is. So it's just something for myself, but it's carrying over because my children now have plants on their beds because <laughs> they wanted their own plant. So <laughs> that's adorable. I love so, it. So Andy that was my that's that was how I was cultivating the lovely wasn't was it last month? I Mackenzie, think so. I said, yeah. So <laughs> and you then and that I spilled was so, over into me because I think yes. the last interview I did, I told whoever it was that that's I right. bought a succulent and it's my uh-huh. first little plant. Yeah. It's currently yeah, residing yeah. in the bathroom because I have no real room at my parents' house. Yes. But yeah. I have this little succulent. It makes me so happy every time I see it. I'm like, it's the beginnings of my little Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And when, I mean, my favorite at the moment is my spider plant and it, cause, because it mm-hmm. reproduces so easily. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I think I posted a picture the other day and Andy immediately spotted the babies. <laughs> oh. She's like, oh, it's plant babies. I was like, yep, I've got people lining up for them. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I have to tell you about what I did last night because I was definitely cultivating the lovely. I went to, they do this thing here um, where the Royal Opera House in London they will um, have they have ballets and operas and shows, and what they've started to do to make these more accessible is um, when a live show is on, they will film it and show it live at cinemas around the country and all around Europe. So you get to watch, you know, a, a, a live showing of of a particular play or ballet or anything. Um, but from the comfort of um, a showcase cinema seat with popcorn next to you <laughs> and you know, whatever. So last night I went with my mom and my sister, my niece and my do- my eldest daughter. And we went to see um, Shakespeare's The Winter's Tale, a ballet. And um, it was incredible. And the, the great thing we were discussing afterwards, because, you know, it would have been cool to be in London and watch it live. Um, but it was live. So in between, like during yeah. the interval, you've got these guys coming up and interviewing the director and interviewing the choreographer Uh, so no it's really amazing um but the cameras get closer than you would ever be able to get if you were there live so you feel like you're right on the edge of the stage so yes you can see the makeup dripping off the dancers faces (laughs) you know there was one one beautiful ballerina and i was like oh she's got pit marks (laughs) 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 she needs to think about her was hilarious because you would never see that if yeah. you were yeah. but really kind of uh we were I, I realized okay these beautiful things are more accessible than I you know mm-hmm. I don't often get to go to the theater I get to go to the a, a ballet at this stage of my mothering life but um to be able to do something like that and you know the cinema was a 10 minute drive from my house um definitely cultivated the lovely in yeah. my week I want to know who to talk to to get those live streamed in America because amazing. That would be amazing. As soon as she said like Royal Opera House, I'm like, oh, for the love. Here she goes with her British (laughs) fabulousness again. Well, every show has to have a little bit of fabulous. It's true. It's true. I've I've been getting compliments on the show just by how you say decor (laughs) instead of decor. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's one of people's yeah. favorite things. So funny. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's good. <laughs> okay. Well, how I'm cultivating loveliness is kind of, I don't know, a backwards loveliness because I think I mentioned on another episode recently, like, I'm looking for a house and now I'm not looking for a house. <laughs> oh. um, just kind of realized that it's a really competitive rental market where I'm living right now and there's not much out there. In order for me to rent, it's going to be a lot more expensive than I was thinking it was going to be. So... My parents and I have kind of collectively taken a big deep breath, like, okay, we're going to hash this out for a little bit longer of me and all these kids here, but it is giving me a little bit more time to keep collecting things that we'll need for, you know, when we move and that kind of stuff. And so just continuing to try to pick up a few things every month, I just got all the girls bedding finalized this week and so went and grabbed it and took them to target with me and was like okay do you guys like this and we found stuff that's like both of their colors combined which was really fun that it had you know a little flavor of both of them in it and they can have their matching bedding and stuff and so and that's really hard to do i'm impressed yes i was so excited it even coordinated with like my one daughter she's very glitzy and glammy and (laughs) ridiculous and so we I was we had them pick out lamps like right after Christmas because they had gift cards and of course she picked the gold lamp (laughs) I was like okay (laughs) well we found like sheets and bedspreads and everything that have the pink and the purple because those are their two colors and then Uh it also has splashes of gold and turquoise so I was like look you guys it's like all three of us and Emerson's gold, whatever, like wow. splattered on this pet spreads. It's just perfect. That's amazing. So, well yeah, done. it's those little things that have been really fun to, to be seeing. Like, okay, at some point, it's all going to come together. Mm-hmm. And yes, right now, we're just taking the opportunity to to pick it up as we can. So That's great. Yeah. That's so great. That's good. Yeah. But, okay, yeah. Andy, now you're on the spot because okay. you are, you know, Leah's already done this. But you're right. the, the new guest this episode. So are you ready for the stock questions? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. I'm ready. I think. Candle, okay. I, I, some of these I'm like, I think I have you pegged on what you're going to say. So uh, we'll see. But I, I'm, Like I'm, the newlywed game? Can really yeah. do that? Like yeah. hold up? Like, oh, that would be so answer, much fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Both. But I don't like scented candles. So I guess oil diffuser. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Awesome. Okay, so far we're on track with what I was expecting. <laughs> City or country? Country. Okay. But, but I, yep, I'm right in between. Where we live is perfect. We yeah. have enough property and we feel like we're kind of almost in the country, but yeah. I'm also 10 minutes from Target. That's, there is That's not nothing a beautiful thing. to laugh yes. at about that. <laughs> I heard that Leah was like, if I do nothing else in Nashville, oh, no. it's get to Target. So, like, and we, we did our Target uh, run. We did. It's important. We did. It's important. Okay. Paper or digital? Uh, paper. Okay. I used to think I was digital, but I think I'm actually more paper. But my okay. calendar and my shopping list are digital. So, okay. and you know, I mean. think sometimes it changes with your season of life. Right. You know, right. I like I feel to be... like I just dabble on both sides of everything. Yeah. I yes. like to be more of a paper person, but where my life is at right now, it's like a lot of digital. So yes, it happens. Absolutely. Okay, shopping online or in the store? Online. Okay. I am more and more oh, I yeah. love if I can grocery sister. shop online yeah. and it just yeah. gets picked up and it's amazing. It's amazing. Yep. It's the best thing ever. Yes. 
Is that because we've had online grocery shopping for yes. years? Years okay. we've had it. And We're I was so surprised. far behind. Yeah. Come on, America. Catch up. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like we're just one step away from them just reading my mind to put together yeah. the shopping yes. list for me. Like, yeah. that's, that's the next step. Well, they'll, they'll be putting cameras in your fridge and yes. your cupboards. Yes. There will be little sensors like, oh, that was the last of the milk. Yes. And then there's a gallon of milk on your porch. Yes, Thank it'll you. just be Amazon everything. Like, they're oh, going to yeah. get their drones to deliver this stuff. Maybe even put it in my fridge for me. Yes, sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's four o'clock or whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or to music? Music. Okay, what's some of your favorite music to listen to? So I have a few Pandora stations. Uh, my 80s station, based on Hey Mickey, is okay. kind of my favorite. <laughs> okay. Um, really? Yes. Really, wow. and I've got a good Johnny Cash Pandora station, wow. and um, yeah, I think those two are probably my most used Pandora stations. Okay, chocolate, milk, or dark? White. All right, oh. that's you're the second person this season to say that. Wow. Yes, I'm so surprised. All right, yep. sports or no sports? Uh, no, okay. no sports. Also, but I'll give me all the Winter Olympics. Okay. All the Winter Olympics. <laughs> all right. Especially yep. the curling. Give me all the curling, <laughs> and I'll take the Winter Olympics on the side. That's, That's so hilarious. funny. I have a friend here who's from Michigan originally, and the thing she is obsessing over is the curling for some yes. reason. So, so funny. maybe it's a Michigan thing. Oh, <laughs> I know. That cracks yep. me up. Okay. <laughs> Live broadcasting, like on Facebook or Insta Stories or whatever, would you rather broadcast or watch? I like I like doing live things, okay. but um, I like to just kind of, before bed, I'll just sit and watch all of my friends' stories right before yeah. I go to sleep. So they're oh. both good. Yeah. All right. What is your favorite movie? Love Actually. Oh, okay. uh, That's a good one. A good yeah. British one. Yeah. Yes. And I know. I was just going to say, I'm British. It's very yes. fitting. Well okay. done. Good choice, girl. <laughs> Okay, so if you were to put yourself on the crunchy spectrum and zero is totally not crunchy, but 10 <laughs> is legs unshaven, dreadlocks in your hair, singing Kumbaya by the fire, where are you at, girl? Probably 8.5. All right. I yeah. think you might be our highest crunchy yeah. I level. Think, I think there are, there are times when I don't realize just how crunchy I've become. Yeah. yeah. That happens. It's a syndrome. Yes. I think. Yes. But- uh, I am a witness. There is a razor in her shower. Yes, <laughs> I do shave. <laughs> yes, I, and I have to say I shave a whole lot less now <laughs> than right. I ever have before. <laughs> but I guess that's just I gotta take the perks where they come. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it was so much fun chatting with you ladies and I'll have Thank to probably have you back on like seasonally yes. to talk about this. Great. Yeah. Let's great. Thank it. you for having me. It's been so fun. So fun. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Oh, 
Aren't they just a wealth of information? And they're so fun. I had so much fun talking with both of those ladies. I hope you really enjoyed it. We're able to take some notes. If you didn't, make sure you just head over to our show notes at boldturquoise.com forward slash 056. And we've got all the links of anything that we mentioned there. You'll also find over there links to this week's sponsor again, which is rxbar.com forward slash lovely code lovely for that 25% off and free shipping. And if you're wanting to get even more involved in the Cultivating the Lovely community, there's a few things that you can do. You can hop over to our Facebook group, which is thriving and growing all the time to ask your questions, talk about the episodes, whatever you want to. It's a great little group where we share prayer requests and all kinds of things. So just search Cultivating the Lovely on Facebook. You can also find me at Bold Turquoise on Instagram. I love talking with you guys there. I try to stay fairly up on Insta stories, so I love being able to chat with you guys on that platform and hopefully be doing some more live videos soon. And if you really love live videos, then you need to come join our Patreon group because we have live videos every Wednesday morning. And all throughout the month of March, we're talking about natural facial care and natural makeup and how to do makeup if you've never done it before and be able to understand what you're doing and kind of have a good signature mom face so you feel good and confident when you're walking out the door in the morning and just feeling more put together and doing it with clean natural products that you can feel good about. And so we've got all those kinds of things going on in the Patreon community. Just go over to patreon.com forward slash cultivating the lovely and you'll be able to see what we're working on all year long as we dive into self-care and our homemaking tasks. It's a really great group of ladies and I would love to have you be a part of it too. All right, ladies, thanks for leaving those ratings and reviews in iTunes. I so appreciate it. And until next time, go be bold and gracious. Mm-hmm.